Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. LaFanya Jones, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapists. What we will be is down to earth, informative, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up the volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session 37. Use your head. You better tell them interns to use their head. (laughs) Okay, interns. This session is about discernment versus critical thinking. Discernment is defined as the ability to notice the fine point details, the ability to assess something well, or the ability to understand and comprehend something critical thinking, it requires you to use your ability to reason. It is about being an active learner rather than a passive recipient of information. Mm. (laughs) That's a word in and of itself. Yeah, this one's gonna make you think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because not many people do that nowadays. So that's what I was just thinking as you were reading. I was like, man, there are so many people. You know, that saying that common sense is not so common. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and I, I thought about people I've come across over my lifetime that it's very clear that you, you just live life on a hope and a prayer. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, really you don't think about all. Nathan. <laughs> no, <laughs> just walking around oblivious to everything that's going on and <laughs> la, 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 la. Uh-huh. you know, and people problem solve for you you know you're essentially taken care of coddled baby must be nice Mm. Mm -hmm. you know one of the things that I when I was researching one of the things that I saw about uh, critical thinking is that we typically develop that when you have a higher education and and even that they were saying that colleges now are failing people who are entering into <laughs> higher education Everybody how learn stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> see this is how i break it down when i think about like critical thinking problem solving discernment so all of that kind of goes into the realm of common sense mm-hmm. we already know it's not common then you have book sense mm-hmm. which half the time that's not factual and then you have street sense which is dangerous most of the time Mm -hmm. so you got these three categories and hardly anybody has all three of them right that is true but because a lot of times when you have book sense you don't have common sense or street sense (laughs) (laughs) you just out here just knowledgeable throwing out trivia facts everywhere right but somebody about to steal all your money (laughs) leave your car unlocked don't care Mm -mm. yes yeah So, you know, you got to you need a little bit of all of them to be successful. And, you know, well, I guess if the colleges are failing, it doesn't matter. But I usually tell my teenagers that I see that are about to graduate 
who don't want to go and stay on campus <laughs> for whatever reason. But mm-hmm. I, I always tell them, I think it's a good idea for every college student to stay on campus at least one year, mm-hmm. their freshman year, because it allows them to practice critical thinking, decision-making, yeah. problem-solving. Some and life skills exactly. without your mama and your daddy. Right. Yes. <laughs> I think that is when I started thinking for myself because, I mean, I was a child. I didn't have to think for myself. Mm-hmm. When I went to college, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. True. I mean, I didn't have that exact same experience. Mine really was throughout my childhood. Y'all know I'm a little off. Exactly. Like I've just, <laughs> well, I'm just saying I'm just, typical children yeah, don't most don't until yeah, they get out the house. Yeah. I was like, so mom, tell me why this is like this and this is like this. And she was like, if you don't get somewhere, shut up. Yeah. Why are you talking to me all the time? <laughs> yeah, see, I was a reader. Like I read a lot. And if I had questions, I would ask. But I didn't really have to utilize not big problem skills. I mean, you in high school and middle school and stuff, mm-hmm. you don't. I mean, we have like our little big problems when we break up with our little boyfriend <laughs> and stuff, you know, but <laughs> those are little big problems to us. But you don't have adult problems until until you graduate. Right. Do, do y'all think there's a difference in critical skills, problem solving skills across cultures? Yes. Wait a minute. What was your question again? Say that again. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I thought about that. Say that again. I said, do y'all think there is a difference across cultures mm. with, you know, a people's ability to problem solve or critically think? And Most definitely. Absolutely. And I think we learn across cultures differently how to problem solve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, I would say that minorities we learned more life critical thinking, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, kind of what we're talking about street sense, Mm -hmm. you know, and of course this is a very broad generalization, of course, Mm -hmm. but I think we learned more life critical thinking skills Mm -hmm. um, and non-minorities learn more book information um, type of critical thinking skills societal normative things mm-hmm. as well mm. yeah that makes sense I also think that um, so that's just from a racial slash ethnic end I also think that there are some differences in um, class when it comes mm-hmm. to problem solving skills socioeconomic mm-hmm. absolutely um, I think people on the lower SES end do the same they learn more life based critical mm-hmm. thinking you know how to you know make a meal make out a of dollar, some you know you know what i'm saying the okay bologna sandwich <laughs> with them syrup sandwiches yeah. you gotta <laughs> cut the three pieces so okay. that when it pop up you know <laughs> but yeah you, you do yeah. it's different because it's no different and this is not shade to any part of any of what we just said but you take someone out of you know a a poor environment and then you put them in a very rich environment the likelihood of them knowing you know that okay when I eat my meal I'm supposed to go from the outside of the silverware in that's not common knowledge anymore like nobody right. is going to etiquette etiquette school mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. even though there are lots of etiquette schools out there because it's making a making its way back but 
that's just not common knowledge. And right. people don't have home ec anymore, which is how you learn how to set a table and do all that kind of stuff. So it's just like, why well, I got all these forks and knives and spoons on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think absolutely. a lot of the things that we learned growing up in our gener well, we in two different generations, but these two generations that we're in, uh, it's the same. <laughs> hey, you're a tail end. It don't matter. I'm we're still in the diff- so. and I'm not. I'm not going to tell y'all where I am, but She's I'm not. Ahead of the <laughs> no, I'm not a zennial at all. No, I said you're ahead of us. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, I don't forget what I was going to say now. That's okay. You were saying that, you know, the way we grew up, it, I'm assuming, oh, influenced. Yeah, the way we grew up, we it influenced us to have to think have to problem solve, learn how to be ladies, be classy, uh, but also be down to earth and mm-hmm. things like that. And I, I don't think now they're cause like you said, homemaker is gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff that people deemed unimportant. Um, that now is a problem. Like people don't know how to sew a button on a shirt. Mm-hmm. So you threw the shirt away cause the button came off. If you don't go get that, you know what I mean? Like you have certain things like that come up or people don't know how to be innovative and come up with a meal out of what's in the cabinet or in the refrigerator. It's just like, let me just go holler. I'm going to say a restaurant. <laughs> I'm not going to say no restaurants cause they not paying us. No sponsorships. Right. right? <laughs> but someplace with yummy chicken. <laughs> y'all like how we be catching ourselves yes insert your place mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what though i think because society now has made it so easy for us to get away from that type of things because when we had our little snowstorm thing whatever snow apocalypse yeah snow 2021 <laughs> snowvid <laughs> <laughs> when we had that little experience m- me and my sister <laughs> Me and my significant other went to the store and y'all know, we didn't know what to buy because it was like, well, what are we going to buy without the electricity? I swear I was at the house like, oh, <laughs> uh, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> I was like, we were like tuna fish. I like, said, oh my God, like everything in my house needs electricity. <laughs> I was over here like Girl Scouts, don't fail me now. <laughs> y'all know I was just talking about me being yes. Girl Scout and them Girl Scout cookies. I said, okay. Wilderness badge. So I was like, Trish, that's that's my my bestie that we live together. I was like, okay, we need to go get some firewood. We need to go get some lunch meat because it's cold. We put the lunch meat outside, so I, okay. I'm not worried about that. The bread not gonna spoil. But when we go, ain't no lunch meat or bread or bread. <laughs> I said, this is the problem in this capitalistic society. Why are y'all hoarding stuff for four days? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, literally a week. You're not gonna eat that much lunch meat, right? right? You bet not. Oh, that's sodium. Yeah, you bored if you if you eating all that. You bored. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. We found some goodies, but I was just like, Lord, this is ridiculous. But wow. see, you see how all of us problem solved in a a, a totally different. We problem solved, but it was still different. She, th- Doctor Strickland, thought about uh, peanut butter and jelly. I thought about tuna fish, and Doctor Wild <laughs> thought about uh, lunch meat. Yeah. <laughs> either way we weren't gonna die exactly right. and lots of chips <laughs> yes and i was we was taking the snow from outside putting it in our toilet so that we would have water in the to- like we i wasn't about 
to be smelling fumes out my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> like that wasn't gonna go that way. Right. Yeah. We had like seven, eight, nine blankets on each bed. We had a candle that burned the whole night because you only need one candle for at least a little bit of energy. Because at first, y'all remember, I couldn't find no firewood. Mm-hmm. I said, "What I'm not gonna do is die." Because mm-hmm. then I got to haunt my clients and make sure they stay. <laughs> <laughs> they stay together. Uh-huh. I ain't got time because they was all like, are you okay, Dr. Walt? No, are y'all okay? We all in this together. Now, mm. don't come over my house or nothing, but right. we all in this together. Right. right. But, <laughs> man. Yeah. I know. And one of the, the one of the discussions that Dr. Strickland and I had this morning was the lack of problem-solving skills that this current generation has. Described it as something. I can't remember what you said. That you, it was like a loom and gloom. Oh, doom and gloom? fatalistic yes that, mm-hmm. that's what mm. the word was yeah break that down for the intern oh we get to have a psych 101 lesson <laughs> yay <laughs> uh so fatalistic so from experience and just kind of working with the gen z population and just observing you know them online mm-hmm. um of course again guys we know this is not all this is some um individuals in that generation have a very difficult time seeing past the moment yeah. And mm-hmm. everything is dire, you know? So if your boyfriend or your girlfriend breaks up with you, you know, insert, it's the end of the world and I don't want to be here anymore, mm-hmm. you know, or they have a hard <laughs> time with, you know, you know what I'm saying? Seeing past yeah. a, mm-hmm. a moment to be able to look, have discernment. So mm-hmm. this is not necessarily a critical thinking mm-hmm. skill um, per se. I mean, it is critical thinking. Yes. I think it's all of them. Critical thinking, problem solving, and discernment. Yeah, but they definitely have a hard time with discernment mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. in that this is a moment, not a a, a lifetime mm-hmm, that you are experiencing yeah. a an event. Yeah. And an event is a temporary space in your life and will not stay there. But, you know, this younger generation really seems mm-hmm. to have difficulty kind of like it's remembering that it is just a moment. Now I'm sure, you know, our older generations probably said something very similar about us, you Mm -hmm. know, that we had, um, you know, our own issues as well. So of Mm -hmm. course, older generations always look on the younger one and, you know, think that they're not capable. Functioning well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So any Gen Z years that we have listening, please understand me as a Zennial. I get but I, I agree with you. I had a, a client this week. Actually, um, we were going through. I'll, it's it's this one of my clients. I had to pull stuff out because they just be like, I don't know what to say. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. You've been coming to me for a minute. Mm-hmm. But this particular client was like, well, I don't have a job anymore because the pipes burst. I was like, what do you mean you don't have a job because the pipes burst? Well, I mean, we're getting paid still, so I think I'm just going to go back to my old job. I say, you have a job. Oh, wow. You just are not going into the job because they got to repair the pipes and the place that you work at. Just calm yourself. Let's think through this. Why would you need to get another job? Because what's going to happen when they stop paying me? They're not going to stop paying you. That's not how... America works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have a teenager as well, and she is a senior and ready to go off to college and things. And so she came in the office and she was all worried about, you know, 
I need to find another job. I need to become a server at my job that she's currently at. I need to become a server. I got to figure out what I'm going to do about college and where I'm going to live. And I said, okay, have you graduated yet? And she said, not yet. And so people at her job have been pressuring her to take the next step to become a server. And Mm. I said, do you want to become a server? And she finally said, I don't think I do. I said, well, Mm. why would you be forcing yourself to become a server if you don't want to be a server? Mm -hmm. Live your life like Rihanna said. Right. Right. And so those are the types of things that we're saying that, and it's not just the, the, uh, I've been called millennials. Nope. Gen Z. Gen Z. (laughs) The Gen Z. It's not just them. We do have adults coming in. Oh, trust. Don't have these skills either. You know how many clients us three and therapists at large have that go back to unhealthy relationships? Oh, God. Leave and go back, leave and go back, leave and go back. But leave and go I back. love him. Yeah. He so don't love it's you. not just the kids. <laughs> oh, no. It's not no. just the kids out here lacking the discernment and lacking the problem solving uh, ability. It's, it's us out here, too. Yeah. We out here making some poor decisions. Plenty of them. And not assessing things well. <laughs> no. And not no. thinking it through. No. Logic is not a lot of people's strong suit. No. Yeah. Well, it's hard to operate in logic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it takes because logic is not filled with emotion. I mean, you need both. Mm -hmm. You do need the logic and you need the emotionality because Mm -hmm. that's how you get to your higher self. Mm -hmm. But you can't have one or the other. Mm -hmm. Because if you just if you operate only from your head, then you're only operating from logic and analysis and you're Mm -hmm. leaving out the emotional attachment to it if you're only operating from your heart, then you, you miss, um, being able to reason. You <laughs> lack discernment. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you, you have you, to have both. Yeah. You mm-hmm. lack the ability to, um, assess mm-hmm. yeah. because you become too trustworthy. Yeah. You know, you start to overly rely on the trustworthiness, the reliability, the, um, face value, of mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. That's one of the, I remember from uh, undergrad when we were going through developmental psych mm-hmm. and all of that, and they give you the um, scenario. What would you do if you were a judge and you had to judge somebody that had to shoplift? Oh, I remember something like that. Yeah. I and thought I, it was the pharmacy thing. They shoplifted. I think ours the, was like, they shoplifted like milk and diapers, diapers. something like that. Yeah. Mine was like, they had, uh, stole medicine for someone. But something. Some, some, yeah. And so a lot of people, we not, I'm not going to say who these people were, were like, Oh, you got to arrest them. They got to go serve time or whatever. And I was like, me and a couple other folks was like, um, why did they steal it? Mm-hmm. because you have to know that yes it's still a crime they still need to be reprimanded Atone, atone or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. but you also need to know in this particular scenario this person had no money they had lost their job they had been a, a great employee but for whatever reason they didn't <laughs> COVID happened we'll just throw that in there <laughs> COVID <laughs> happened and they had a, a newborn that they were trying to feed so it was like all these reasons like yeah you're not supposed to steal but things happen when you are backed into a, a corner so you fix the problem but you also 
give them whatever their, you know, sentencing is. Maybe it's probation or mm-hmm. whatever you need to give them. But it's important to be able to think of things outside of, like you said, just the moment, but also being able to have the emotionality, but also have the logic. Yeah. And that's what critical thinking is. A critical thinker asks why. They're a- they ask questions. Socratic mm-hmm. questioning. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Throwback. Yes. <laughs> You know, Dr. Wall, you were making me, as you were kind of talking through that scenario, I was thinking about how critical thinking and, and discernment develop across the lifespan. Mm-hmm. And in that, you know, kind of scenario, one, I remember when, I can't remember if it was undergrad, but, or a grad school, but it was one of the two. Anyway, um, they talk about, I want, I can't remember if it was like Kohlberg's morality development or whatnot, but how children are very mm-hmm. concrete you know how you start off very concrete and moral so given a scenario like that a young child will say you go to jail mm-hmm. all the time you mm-hmm. com- you you lied or you committed a crime or whatever it was like they're very black and white when it comes to um good justice. behavior and bad behavior yeah good versus bad mm-hmm. And then as you get older and you start to have abstract thinking, which I think is extremely important when it comes to discernment and critical thinking, if you need to be able to think, think, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like to be able to hold information and manipulate it internally. And as you get older, you develop abstract thinking skills and you're able to pull from different reference points to determine uh, an ideal outcome based off the situation. Mm -hmm. So we develop that, you know, kind of around like 10 ish, age 10 ish. So then my talking about the pre-convention, the convention and that you said Kohlberg, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember what you're talking about. So then my question is, since we already know that critical thinking and discernment develop in childhood, you know, kind of across that part of the lifespan, how do you think we refine it as we become adults? Well, first off, I honestly think kids are stunted when it comes to things like this by adults. Because mm. adults enable a lot. Enable, but also they they kill the dreamer mm-hmm. in their child so the ability to be like well i don't think we should do that to fluffy <laughs> well fluffy you know what i mean like it's, uh, gotcha. it's you know you have both sides and so if you don't have a parent who is um emotionally intelligent if you don't have a parent who is a critical thinker i think you end up getting little replicas of what they are experiencing i do think it's important to allow your kids the freedom to figure stuff out. Now you can be hovering in the background, but I think you need to let them figure it out. You know, we've all counseled children. Mm-hmm. Luckily that's not my life anymore. Mine either. I can't do these generation alphas that's coming up. Oh, I can't do them. We done choked one of them. That's not oh, that's what it's called? Yes. Oh, the babies. Okay, I didn't the, know that. The babies is the Gen, Gen Alpha. Gen Alpha. Um, but I think that's the main issue because think about it. We've talked about this on the podcast before. We've had little kids and we get in there and we're working. They getting it. They understand and they problem solving, critical thinking. And then they dang parents. parents. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said 
the gender. These dang parents come in and then all of that work that the kid did is completely wiped away because it's not acceptable in their home. It's not something that the parents have figured out yet. Mm -hmm. And I would have to add to that to say, so of course, I think you all know by now that a lot of my population is addiction and family members of addicts. So I, the family members of addicts that I see, they are so gun ho on not being like their parents that they become a helicopter parent. They become the ones that enable their kids. So they raise them up to be entitled. So they don't have to do the critical thinking. They don't have to have the discernment because they're, they don't, because no parents, consequences. Yeah, they don't have any consequences. The parents haven't, you know, required them to utilize that part of their brain or just abilities, mm-hmm. you know? And so they, they stunt them. So if you never had it, you, how can you develop? I mean, if, especially if you don't go to college and, and even like I said earlier, colleges are seemingly failing yeah. us in in that area hmm. okay i think y'all make some valid points there what you think um i do so if you do have at least some awareness some mild self-awareness i think you can refine your critical thinking skills over time you have to, i believe you have to be observant you know start looking at how people react to you look at how um you know read the room yeah read the room and observe other people's behavior with other people not necessarily just in reference to yourself and like you were saying a little bit earlier ask questions but not just necessarily just asking questions of others but asking yourself questions of yourself uh reading researching that doesn't necessarily have to be you know like book you can you know because we're more of an online um, society now, but reading and and looking at different things, experiencing different cultures, you know, if you have the financial ability to travel and observe the way people live, you know, I think that helps you see things from a different perspective versus being in your own little bubble. And to add to your list too, I I also think people should observe, pay attention to the friends that you have in your circle because mm-hmm. I believe for all of us, we challenge each other to, mm-hmm. we, we push each other, each other to think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think when you have that type of friendship circle, you won't have a choice, but oh man, I remember when Dr. Strickland, we was talking about this and she was like, well, why do I need to start asking why do mm-hmm. I need to start making yeah. assumptions? Do I need to start researching, yeah. you know, things like that, you know, I think that's a part of that too. Iron I, sharpens iron. Yeah. I, I was about to say birds of a feather. Yeah. <laughs> a lot together. They do. I mean, it's true. You know, when you think about just from a substance abuse end, you know, whose parents haven't told them, you know, if you hang around, you know, that, you know, uh, stoner, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to be just like them. Or if you hang out with, you know, bad kids or, you know, mm-hmm bad influences that you'll do that and you're like well if your friends decide to jump off a cliff you are you gonna jump off the cliff too and (laughs) while they're gonna say no they show are plummeting yes one right after the other and sometimes it may not be physically it may be mentally 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I definitely agree. You got to be mindful of everything. I don't know if that's too big, but you do have to be very mindful and considerate of who, what, where, when, and why. Do they teach that still? The W's? Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know. And the H. We've been out of school for a long time. <laughs> so a long time yeah but i mean though that's kind of your first introduction in elementary is the w's you know Mm -hmm. who what when where why how um because you learn that for english you learn that well when we used to have life skills and stuff we don't have that (laughs) no more in school but you learn those things and it's like okay if this you know that's why people be struggling with math problems Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's they be like I, I immediately would go to the last question or the last part and read the question and then i read the math problem so i know what to look for because mm-hmm. all that fluff it ain't got nothing to do with the problem that we trying to solve yeah yeah so seven critical thinking skills dr strickland already said some of them but um one is observation analysis interpretation reflection e- and evaluation mm. Oh, yeah. did I say seven? That's not seven. Inference, mm-hmm. <laughs> explanation, problem solving, and decision making. Sorry, guys. It's all right. It, um, just thinking about this whole kind of topic, discernment, critical thinking, and whatnot, it makes me um, remember something my dad used to do. And um, I, my dad was in the military um, pretty much throughout my entire childhood. And so we never lived where my parents are from and we would drive sometimes to visit my extended family mm-hmm. and my mom always sat in the back so because she slept so I used to sit in the front seat you know this is before all the laws were you know kids mm-hmm. couldn't sit in the front seat so I used to sit in the front and of course this is before GPS and all this stuff <laughs> and you're still alive I'm still alive <laughs> You had that maps, didn't you? <laughs> yes. So my dad would hand me a map mm-hmm. and say, where are we? <laughs> yeah. And he would want me to figure out where we were. Like, look at the map. Mile markers. Mile markers. How far Science. do, you know, how far do we have to go? And I don't know if he was just doing that to just kind of keep me entertained or, you know, I don't know why his reasoning mm-hmm. for doing it, but it does thinking back on it. I'm, almost a hundred percent sure he was not trying to develop my critical thinking skills, <laughs> but, but it did though, because I'm actually really good with direction. You know, I, I don't get lost very, you know, very often. Yeah. Um, you know, I can, if I, somebody goes, I go to their house, like I know how to get myself back out of the neighborhood. You know, when I moved here, I just was like, Oh, I just need to find the highway and I can get back wherever I need to go. You know, so I do think it helped me in later on in life, even though he, you know, kind of inadvertently developed that skill. But, you know, I wonder about how do we do parents still do those types of things with their children? Do they just give them something and then say, okay, figure it out? Hmm. Because that's really as a as a young one, that's the kind of stuff that develops your ability to look at a situation from multiple angles um, it allows you to fail and ask questions and, you know, and get help. Doing it. 
Mm. It, no, I, it doesn't seem like it. I, I would definitely agree <laughs> with you, Dr. Wall, because I had a, a similar experience to you. Except my my father, I think he was, well, maybe not purposefully, but he was developing my spatial mm. thinking or reasoning, whichever one. Uh, because although he didn't use make me use a map, I used to pay attention to how he knew just where to go. Mm. And so now that I'm good with directions as well, mm-hmm. I, I remember when I first moved out here, I the so when I first moved out here, I didn't know anyone. I had to we had to the process of getting into a doctoral program is you have to come and get an have an interview and you know do all of these meeting the professors and stuff. It's an unpaid job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so when I came out here, I was uh, I stayed with the the lady that who was now my friend that uh, recruited me to the school. And she lived in Mesquite and Mm. the school was in Dallas. So I, while she was, you know, they was figuring things out or whatever. I went to the mall just to kind of pass time and, you know, just kind of look for some jobs. Mm -hmm. She called me and told me her daughter had gotten sick at school and she was wondering if I could go pick her up. And I was like, okay, sure. So she said, okay, well call me when you get to the car. I said, okay. (laughs) I didn't call her when I got to the car. I had made it all the way to the Mesquite and she called me. She was like, where are you? I said, Mesquite. She said, how did you get there? I was like, I just paid attention to where you went. She was like, what in the world kind of recruiters <laughs> we got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I. it makes me wonder has, so something that I've always heard like old folks say that each generation gets, um, I can't remember if it's, wiser but dumber it was something along those lines mm-hmm. um and i'm wondering is that actually true and the reason i'm saying that is has technology and the yes you even got to finish the question the <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry go ahead <laughs> the advent of the internet or the introduction of the internet to the common person because the internet existed well before us regular civilians got access to it mm-hmm. um so once we got access to the internet has that reduced people's ability to critical think because i mean almost literally anything that you can think of you have access to at all points in time yeah because mm-hmm. think about how when we were growing up we would have to call someone and ask them for the directions to get to their house and either we remember it or we would have to write it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you just Google whatever and it's bam. There. Yeah. I mean, Zennials slash millennials, they say are the last generations that knew how to do both. Like we knew how to do things the old way. And we also were, it took us a second to be able to understand computers and things like that. So we're the generation of that. And you got to think there's been quite a few after us and that's just it ain't it ain't working out (laughs) so well but like I said earlier I think it all boils down to um parents not giving their kids what they need in order to be able to thrive in society I mean they ain't even surviving sometimes so Mm -hmm. there's sure sure not gonna be a thrive in there Mm -hmm. no I agree with that I know because you think about we had the Encyclopedia Britannica. 
And like, that's it. That's all the knowledge you're going to get that's contained within them books. In a dictionary. In a dictionary. Mm -hmm. Which, of course, is not even a portion of the information that you have access to now. Mm -hmm. Just thinking about just them books on, you know, on a curio cabinet or some sort of you know something like that's it that was all of our outside of the library that was all the access you had to information one book i can't i still can't believe the encyclopedia gypped us because you had to pay like a thousand dollars for one book yeah we had a a (laughs) set it was red burgundy Mm -hmm. ours was burgundy uh we had a set you know the a to z (laughs) we had the burgundy the red and we had these uh cream and green ones i think we ours was were a, cream and burgundy i yeah. think that's what ours was we like to read I, I had my own cabinet of books like it we were nerds in my family so that was huge yeah yeah i was just sitting here thinking i was like man the internet has definitely changed people's you know thinking ability because i've even seen like videos and stuff of like kids trying to do their homework you know, and using Google to complete their homework. And it's yeah. like, well, how are you going to learn how to do that? Like, yeah, you haven't where's your, anything? Where's your math work? Where, how do you prove that that's your answer? Yeah. <laughs> and then they, well, they got an app for that now. I, yeah. But no. My thing is always, okay. So if you're going to use it, okay, read it and actually get the information. But it's like, no, I just need to get the right answer. So you don't want to know. You don't want to know. You just want to get an A. So without learning, that's a problem because yeah. you're not retaining anything. So you're just going to get out of school and be dumb. Why? Mm-hmm. Who goes to school the majority of their life to be stupid? <laughs> so it ain't no telling if valedictorians and uh, salutatorians <laughs> are really that because you just the Internet. Well, I feel you. like they probably are. But um, not now. You know, typically <laughs> they be th- they be really going hard for them. Them points. They do. But if. If the you going hard and then the other one's getting an A because they done looked it up on the internet, who who knows who was who? Extra credit. That's that's what pushes them them mm. that top ten. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't even know if we got them no more. <laughs> <laughs> she just she said, forget all y'all. I'm pessimistic. <laughs> I was like, we've gotten cynical in our old age. <laughs> as we became the aunties now. Okay. Uh <laughs> Okay, so then since we were a little bit earlier talking about, um, you know, discernment and critical thinking across the lifespan, how do you think it changes as you were not there? So it would have been nice to have a person in this age group. But once you transition over into senior status, do you think it? I think you have the two ends of that. You have the people that think they know everything and just go run with whatever they know without wanting to continue to learn because they have arrived in elderliness. Mm -hmm. And then you also have the people who like the epitome of it with like the wisdom and gotcha, the learning. And in my head, I always picture (laughs) my um, great, great grandmother, uh, Willie. I don't know why she, well, I guess because I used to talk to her as a spirit, but that's not the point of this uh podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I always picture her and I think of like somebody that's wise and gray hair and leading and guiding. That's you have those two extremes, and I think everybody's family probably has <laughs> both of those type of elderly people, yeah. I so I think when people 
become wiser. Discernment gets stronger, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, because they have experienced some things. And, you know, discernment develops if you utilize it correctly. It develops by you learning from mistakes Mm -hmm. and bumping your head bumping yeah and getting back up and you know trying it either again or a different way or something else Mm -hmm. and discernment is um i would say i guess a higher level of critical thinking yeah and so when you you use your discernment and you become wiser and then you add the critical thinking on i think that's when you collect that wisdom and you have the ability to kind of Sherry. walk in a, a way that you're effective yes yeah if you want to grow but there's a lot of old people that don't want to grow either i agree with that yes a bunch of old fools <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is hilarious I'm, yeah no, i'm but just no, saying think, though i mean i know some so yeah so we always try to give you all some sort of um note taking homework type of steps to to make Mm -hmm. to take so that you can practice these things so some ways that you can develop your critical thinking is for you to think of something that someone has recently told you and then ask yourself some questions and I'll go through some of these questions and we can elaborate if we need to Mm -hmm. one the first question is who said it someone you know someone in a position of authority of authority or power or does it matter who told you this? So that's one of the questions to ask yourself. Who mm-hmm. said it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did y'all want to elaborate on that? Yeah, it makes me kind of think about, um, oh man, I can't, I need to go back to my psych 101. I can't remember what this it's called, but you remember that we learned about the different types of um, credibility, mm-hmm. like whether you are, um, in a position of power, whether you are like an acquaintance or whether you are a scientist, like, you know, you, your credibility is um, based off kind of what your status is. I'm going to have to look that up because I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but that puts me in what you're just saying there makes me, me think about that Mm -hmm. when you, when who said it. So if the person that said it has a history of making very poor decisions why in the world would I follow behind and trust that this person um, has the ability to understand what I'm talking about, what I'm going through and can advise me on that thing appropriately. And I would even say that I I definitely agree with you. And I also think that even for me, even when someone with credibility does say it, I still would like to research it. Cause like, Mm -hmm. and I'll use the example of pastors when when I go to church and of course, you know, they read a scripture or whatever and they give their interpretation because that's what their sermon is about is their interpretation of what God gave them. I still want to understand that scripture for myself because God may say something different to me mm-hmm. because the way he said it to the pastor may not be what he's meaning for it to be for me. Mm-hmm. And so I also even if, you know, because a pastor does have some clout so i still would like to research it on my own yeah which is very important in faith i grew up with my grandfather raising us don't go to a church that they don't give you book chapter and verse you know i where, where are you getting this information from 
Almost yeah. definitely. They don't you give not, no scripture. I'm, you not yes, going to no. cite the source? Yeah, no. I'm not doing that. <laughs> You're plagiarizing. <laughs> <laughs> so you, yeah. you definitely need that. And then you need to learn. I know I'm going on a tangent. But then you need to learn how to read whatever your book of your faith is contextually. Don't just be picking scriptures out of it. Like what was the, what were they talking about at the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, read the, the chapter, not just the scripture, because sometimes we just read the scripture and have a misinterpretation. Mm-hmm. You have to read what's before and after the scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think exactly. that's still relevant when it comes to critical thinking and discernment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too far off yeah. of a tangent. Yeah. So the next one is what did they say? Did they give facts or opinions? Did they provide all the facts? Did they leave anything out? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes I me just see Dr. Strickland eyes. <laughs> it makes me think of when you're in speech and you have to do your, I can't remember what type of speech it is, but we're just going to say your descriptive speech where you have to like tell somebody how to make something. Oh yeah, and so I was thinking about how a lot of times you get the peanut butter and jelly thing. I was mm-hmm. just about and to people say that. Like, so you gonna take the bread? Where I'm gonna get the bread from? <laughs> what I'm gonna right. do with it? Like, right. you gotta tell me. I gotta go get the bag of bread. Go to the refrigerator. Open the refrigerator. Get the jelly. Go to the cabinet. Get the pe- like. You have to go through all of those parts, and a lot of people don't realize how detailed things actually need to be, and they just take things things at face value yeah yeah and it, oh, i'm sorry go ahead well i was just thinking so you um some of the interns may know that i uh, part of my background is working with people with developmental disabilities mm-hmm. and in that um i was working with a parent who was struggling um with teaching their child how to brush their teeth yeah and the parents had gotten so frustrated with it because they believed um i believe their son was maybe nine um, and he didn't know how to brush his teeth. That's already regular people is hard. True. For your kids to brush their teeth. True. Just um, be furry. But they. <laughs> <laughs> Not furry. <laughs> <laughs> but the parents had just gotten completely frustrated. And, you know, I was trying to explain to them that, you know, in this child's particular case, he's not going to learn by observation. You know, he's not going to be able to just pick it up like you know watching you do the motion so I was explaining kind of like the peanut Mm -hmm. butter and jelly thing I said you're gonna have to start from walk into the bathroom and turn the light on like that's how you start teaching him how to brush his teeth and she just was like what I said you have to teach your son every single step along the way yeah life skills yeah like it's not as simple as go brush your teeth uh you know you have to turn the light on okay then you walk over to the sink okay you know open the drawer okay grab your your toothbrush grab your the toothpaste or grab the toothpaste okay let's take the top off like you know every single step and she was like what I said that's just the start we haven't even gotten to the point where you're actually putting the the brush Mm -hmm. in your mouth and I said you know you may have to start with he just learns how to brush literally one side of his teeth and then you take over and brush the rest and then as he's developed the skill to brush that one side, now you start teaching him side one and side two. And, you know, she was really appreciative because she was like, I really didn't know that my child needed that much guidance. And I was trying to explain to her, like, you know, for a child with developmental issues, it's not that he can't learn, 
Now, of course, you have some very, like, very low-end individuals that are profoundly, um, you know, not going to be able to do certain things. But in his particular case, it was like, yes, he can learn this skill, but you are going to have to take your time and teach him throughout the entirety of that thing. And I don't, so when we're talking, kind of keeping it in reference with what you were saying, you know, not having the energy to do all of that Mm -hmm. and not not necessarily thinking and taking for granted you know that you have developed something and you have the knowledge base for something so that other people should too yeah Mm -hmm. that's why it's so important to be considerate of others you Mm -hmm. know people who have had a stroke or people who have other things like I know something like I'm I'm getting myself prepared for this but I know it's going to be very difficult for me when I have my kids and when they come in there and they try to give me a lactation specialist I know I'm probably going to bust out in tears because I don't get to do that and because if they're not paying attention to my chart they know that I don't I no longer have real breast anymore so you know what I mean like there's so many things that you got to use your critical thinking because if you don't, it impacts other people. Mm-hmm. And you know what? A, a more even a more common uh, diagnosis that we had that we used to see a lot in children uh, is ADHD. And I remember mm-hmm. when I used to work with parents with children with ADHD, I used to tell them like, "You are going to have to be very specific in what you want them to do." And you and with children with ADHD, even adults, you can't give them too many tasks at one time. You sure can't. You have to probably give them. Well, you have to see what they can handle. But I would say maybe four or five, if that many. Shoot, that's a lot. Because if you just maybe two, one or two. right, right. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. It depends on the kid. It because Close the, the thing, door and put your coat away. Right. And because you can't just say, go clean your room because they are going to find everything else to do. Squirrel. Uh huh. (laughs) Yes. It's shiny and flashy. You literally have to go in there and tell them, pick, pick those clothes up, pick pick those pants up, those pants right there. Now hang them up. You know what I mean? You Mm -hmm. really just have to Mm -hmm. give them step by step. So you, that is definitely a a critical (laughs) skill that you have to learn Mm -hmm. to be able to teach other people. Yeah. Yes. For our our parent interns, it's important that you pay attention to the child that you have and not the way you want to do something. Oh, and not the way you were raised either. Yeah, because sometimes the kid that you have is not going to be able to do things the way that you would like them to do. And it really doesn't matter how it's done long as it's done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we get a lot of parents that teach <laughs> their children how to be anxious. Oh, God. Yes. Mm. <laughs> it's like you know you made this mm-hmm. yeah it's your fault but we digress yes okay so the next one is where did they say it was it in public or in private did other people have a chance to respond and and provide an alternative account or decision mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was self-explanatory yeah, yeah. Okay. I agree. the next one when did they say it was it before during or after an important event is timing important i think it can be Mm -hmm. depending upon the necessity um and depending upon the situation if it's something that requires um so i'm trying to think of a situation where i would need somebody to be critical quickly 
um, if we're in a dangerous situation, and mm-hmm. if extreme example here, if we're walking in the wilderness and a grizzly bear survivor, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> a grizzly frame. bear is coming, you know, it's, it's, it's charging for me. Mama bear done seen me and smelled me three miles ago and, you know, thought I'm coming for her babies. I need you to be on your toes, man. I need you to be like, come on, we, we got to decide what we doing. So because we going to die. You know, if it's brown, lay down. <laughs> <laughs> and you still probably going to die. You know what I mean? Because yes. that's just the nature of the wild. You know, yeah. yeah. Or uh, let's say if you have a blowout on the highway, mm. you know, you need to be able to be quick on your feet. I want them. I want you to get in a, a real example because uh, I love the story when you tell it about when Derek saved our life. <laughs> oh, Okay. So we told you he's a NASCAR driver. I mean, in his heart In his heart, he really <laughs> is. Uh, and he'll love that. I told this story. So <laughs> anybody that knows my husband knows he's going to be on cloud nine right now. So my um, husband has a performance vehicle um, that is tuned up a little bit. And he is part at the time he was part of a car club for um, similar vehicles, Camaros, Chargers, Challengers, things of that nature, uh, Corvettes. Um, And they were doing a cruise on I-20. And of course- Y'all know how this going to ready to be. It's 20. Yes. (laughs) Of course, because everybody's driving a souped up, you know, supercharged everything. You know, everybody wants stunt and show out because, you know, we all got muscle cars and they're all, you know, Mm -hmm. like I said, they're all tuned- so, but we're not because he knows I don't like when he drives like that. So we're just driving. <laughs> but of course, everybody else on the highway, because this is about maybe 50 pe- fifty cars deep. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're just doing all kind of stuff. And I'm like, we own 20 and it's like all kinds of other vehicles on the highway. Anyway, two knuckleheads decide that they're going to try to like get in the same lane at the same time mm. and freaks out the other people around so <laughs> it's if you're visualized with me go with me now sicily no i'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> all right sophia okay uh so um we're in so there's a the far right lane is beside us we're in the the second right lane and then there's um somebody in the like almost the, not the left lane but the one that's second from the left so the car that's caddy corner in front of us in the second left lane, because these other knuckleheads are doing what they're doing, freaks this person out and they slam on their brakes, which we're, the highway's busy. So you can't slam on your 20. brakes on the highway. Mm. So they slam on their brakes. This person proceeds to do some <laughs> fast and furious stuff. <laughs> and it. literally, they flip oh. and do a complete 180 across three lanes of traffic. And in the midst, now I'm in the passenger seat. Me and this person is looking face to face on the highway. It makes me nervous every time I hear this story. I don't know what kind of need for speed, <laughs> fast and furious, gone in 60 seconds stuff my husband pulled that day. He pulled the emergency brake and like changed lanes probably the quickest I've ever seen him change lanes but the timing I mean it's almost like you can't believe it it really was like something out of a movie like you could not time it 
more perfectly. And because, you know, we're facing, this person is facing the opposite direction, passing in front of us because they locked up their vehicle. Mm -hmm. So now they're skidding the opposite direction and they end up on the shoulder facing the wrong direction. Did they get hit? Nobody got hit. Oh, thank God. Nobody. So my husband pulls the e-brake, slams, changes lanes, and then burns off. He said, y'all joke. I can't be with y'all no more. Yes. That is some critical thinking. <laughs> See, he should have been in Fast and the Furious. He, he could have been. They got a new one coming. This is That's only one time he has saved us. <laughs> Any other time my husband's driving is horrendous. They can make it. All he can make it all the way from Crowley to Grand Prairie in fifteen minutes. <laughs> no joke. Sound like my mama, because <laughs> she don't know how to not drive fast either. Yeah. So my husband, he has great critical spatial awareness uh, in a crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we just like cruising, like he he yeah. <laughs> gone. I can't even describe how frustrating it is. But if we need to get out of a situation. He can get us out of a situation. And he has on several occasions, just being in a big city, you know, Mm -hmm. traffic is something that's kind of a hot mess, a hot mess all the time. But he is excellent at getting us out of these, those types of moments. And, you know, I kind of attribute that to his love for performance driving, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and practice, you know, and without that kind of awareness, an ability to discern what's happening across, you know, cause that's a lot. Just that's thinking about that, ev- that, yeah. ev- that situation in particular, you know, you have us like our car, you have the other, you know, 50 performance vehicles all driving way too fast. And mm-hmm. erratically you have the regular standard drivers that are on the highway, just doing their regular thing. You know, that's a lot to account for yeah. at one time. You have to be very aware. Yeah. And mm-hmm. nobody got hit. I mean, I, I was I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, I promise. When she told to me that day. story, I, it it makes it it gives me anxiety every time she tells me that story, or every time I hear her tell a story. Yeah, I mean uh-huh. that's a lot. You know, a, a a critical thinking as far as time goes that always pops in in my head is when your mama would tell you to take something out of the freezer <laughs> for dinner, and you hear the 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 jingle. Now I was never this kid because mm-hmm. my mom was like, "You gonna cook?" So it's a little bit different. But one of my foster uh, brothers and sisters, um, they would they would always forget, and they try to take it out ten minutes before when they hear. I said she gonna know it's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> Just be like I forgot. Go as soon as you hear the dough. But that's oh, mom, important. sorry, I forgot to take the chicken out of the freezer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll be much better off. Yep. You lie. She gonna knock your head off. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be out here telling stories. Okay. Okay, so the next one is why did they did I do the, why did they say it? Did hmm. they explain the reasoning behind Mm-mm. you? Okay, no. so the next one is why did they say it? Did they explain the reasoning behind their opinion? Were they trying to make someone look good or bad? Why is it important? Mm-hmm. Why? Why? It's. I think that's one of probably the more important ones. I think they're all very you know, mm-hmm. but. I do think that the why behind, you know, a per- I'm going to say the why behind why a person does something. <laughs> same thing. Same yeah. Thing. I, I do think that that is uh, something that's extremely important because it talks about intent. Mm-hmm. 
You know, if I'm saying or doing something to make another person look bad. What's your motives? Mm -hmm. It goes back to that credibility thing that we were talking about a little bit earlier. So if my motive is to make you look dumb or to embarrass you or to control you or whatever it is, then, you know, if you're not being aware and you're not really thinking about that, you're going to fall for a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, a great way to think about critical thinking, discernment, problem solving is all of, all of, you know, because I'm a, a nerd, a bookworm, is to think of like these make-believe societies like the Fae, the Fae realm. Mm-hmm. They are tricksters. They're very like cunning, very critical. Or think of the Volturi and Twilight or whatever. Like mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. to be able to play the game <laughs> in order to get out. Yeah. yeah. And that Mm -hmm. I'm not saying we need to be out here playing games, but I'm saying utilize those very vivid visual examples to be like, dang, is my critical thinking on par? Even though these are make believe characters. Right. Allegedly. Mm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Make sure that you kind of start thinking about things like that, because a lot of time art imitates life. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the people in those type of scenarios that don't make it, are the people who have no critical skills. Mm-hmm. Critical Absolutely. thinking skills. Do you think that people are aware that they even have critical thinking skills? I think some people know. Mm-hmm. But I think the majority of people, yes. But I think people get comfortable mm. and they're just like, oh, I got it. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. You're failing <laughs> in your life. <laughs> yes. I agree with that a hundred percent. I think some people have no idea and I agree. I think some people are probably, I think there's like Goldilocks and the three bears, Mm -hmm. you know, some no, some yes. And some are, um, pompous or like, you know, Mm -hmm. too high with it. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're not in the just right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How did they say it? Were they happy? or sad, angry, or indifferent? Did they write it or say it? Could you understand what was said? Mm -hmm. I think that's on par with the why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you're using a bunch of mumbo jumbo or like technical jargon and lingo that, you know, the other person doesn't, you know, can't understand because it's not your industry. It doesn't give them the ability to really consider what you're saying or what you're asking uh, or instructing and it then in turn can make them look inept or you know mm-hmm. just a variety of things so I think how you communicate and how you um, how you listen is also just as important as the why mm-hmm. that remind me of when we have clients that come in and be t- talking all that psycho babble <laughs> I can't I'm stand like, when they try to throw uh, psychological language to me. I'd be like, oh, you've been in therapy before. Uh-huh. <laughs> or you was Googling real hard. Right. I had a client of mine to tell me, you know, I think I more so have panic attacks than anxiety attacks. It's the same thing. <laughs> I said, so did you read the 1970s DSM or did you read the 2021? Yeah. Which one did you read? I'm like, it, girl, mm-hmm. get your life. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the same, same really? thing. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, my, my, I think it's bipolar. <laughs> I think that's the one I get the most. You know, I, I'm bipolar. 
Mm, are you why, though why why do you think right. you're because you know one day I, one day i was feeling like this in the morning and then a couple of hours later i felt like that. well that's not bipolar babe that's not that's not what that is you it's might be whole... rapid cycling a little bit but that's or you not... may just be having a normal day yeah <laughs> emotions hormones change. yeah yeah emotions make you cry sometimes you know mm-hmm. so i definitely think the 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 how is it it, it affects all of those things <laughs> yeah you know because even if you're in a therapy kind of situation mm-hmm. like how you communicate to your therapist yeah. yeah you know does it give them the ability to be critical think critically about your situation if you're not clearly stating what's going on in your life if you're withholding information mm-hmm. if you are um blowing up their email you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of like how you get the information across is important. It's it's so funny that I've you know, I've received a few emails from my clients and they'll send they'll send me this this two page oh like email or so and I'm like, So what was the purpose of the way you were feeling or thinking? At least you only get I just two give them one sentence. <laughs> Yeah, I be Dr. Wall begins novels. Yeah, I be like, why do y'all y'all know y'all only gonna get two sentences back yeah. from me? Why do y'all do that, girl? I, <laughs> I you better be point. glad I don't send you the thumbs up. I'll tell I tell it. my clients in a minute when you <laughs> if you email me, I may if I'll read it and see if I need to respond, and I might respond. But mm-hmm. if I don't need to respond, then I won't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be, sometimes it just be too much. And I know they need comfort, but mm-hmm. I, but comfort yourself. You That's know what, what I mean? That's what we teaching you. You, I'm here as your support. I'm here as your mirror. I'm here as your accountability person. I'm going to educate you on whatever things that you feel like, hey, I need to improve on this, but I'm not going to coddle you. Sometimes things are not going to feel good. Sometimes things are going to feel great. And mm-hmm. all of that is okay. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Man, critical thinking and discernment. Look at that. Mm-hmm. What do y'all, before we wrap it up, what do y'all think has been the most difficult part of your journey with discernment or problem solving or critical skills, critical thinking skills? Mm. I would say my difficulties are different based off different phases in my life. Okay. I will say when I was younger, you know, and we've talked about this in previous sessions that I was a very sensitive, very timid, um, emotional, mm-hmm. you know, child slash teen slash early 20s. Um, so I think my desire for people to like me mm-hmm. and my desire to not offend mm-hmm. and just kind of be what people wanted me to be mm-hmm. did not give me the best setup to really think about what was going on around me mm-hmm. and to really make decisions for myself, just allowing other people to make decisions for me and just kind of rolling with it. Gotcha. I would say in my current state, um, I think now it's more of a self doubt can interfere with my ability to really break down a situation sometimes you know kind of maybe paralyzes some um that analysis paralysis kind of thing um so it may it may be more overthinking because i'm you know i just get kind of stuck in 
that kind of stuff like that. Uh-huh. So if I had to say for now, I would think that would be my biggest drawback for critical thinking now. And I would have to say mine is connected with my spiritual walk. Cause I, oh, sorry, y'all. Uh, because I grew up, I mean, I was raised in a church. So I know I had a very black and white thinking uh, pattern mm-hmm. based on sin and not sin, of course, and not, not saying that I was perfect, but st- still, you know, when you grow up in the church and you learn about what's right and wrong and what the Bible says and things like that, you know, you start thinking a particular way. Mm-hmm. And I believe as I got older, I started having more of an open mind, uh, black, gray, and white, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, Grayscale. Uh-huh. mine has been a constant spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. And I would say now mm, I would, I would have to agree. It, it would be self doubt mainly because of my spiritual gifts. They weren't taken care of. And so now I'm having to teach myself. You're having to accept new knowledge. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because I I was trying to figure out how to say it in a way that, you know, somebody listen, you know. Yes. (laughs) But But look at that. You let her use her critical thinking skills. And help me. And help you. Yes. That's what friends are for. Exactly. Yeah. The good times. Uh Uh-huh. The bad times. Um, what about you, Dr. Wall? <laughs> mine would have to be along the lines of what I was saying earlier about my childhood. I've, I am an intuitive. I've always been an intuitive. So um, me being able to discern has always been something that I've been able to do. My mom was a discerner, is a discerner. And so I would be able to see exactly how things are about to map out, how they're going to work, what is the best course of action and my emotionality would get in the way because I want to help everybody get to whatever the the promised land was for that situation but the reality was I had to realize everybody don't want that Mm -hmm. and so that affects you when you are me and you're an intuitive and you're whole freaking empath over here my emotionality got in the way and so it took me a really long time to put um I don't want to say boundaries because I'm not trying to bound myself but you know parameters to where okay take some of that out of that Mm -hmm. let some of that go because being able to see the way things work and then realizing that people aren't ready to go on that journey yet is extremely frustrating. And you just have to kind of sit back and look at them like, I wish I could bust you in the back of your head and get you there quicker, but Mm -hmm. you can't. And so that has been the biggest issue for me. It's like, okay, I see all of these things going on and I have to just kind of sit back and wait. And then I'm like, okay, y'all are ready. Mm-hmm. So it's like almost when I was, I would say probably like high school into undergrad, I felt like I had to be something that I wasn't mm-hmm. because I don't, I did not feel or believe that people that I was around would be able to accept the wholeness of me. Mm-hmm. So I could only give them pieces of myself. Gotcha. That's interesting. You say that you, you couldn't, what you what did you say you said you couldn't be who you needed to be or they didn't accept who you were 
they weren't capable of receiving it. And it's, it's interesting you say that because I felt like I couldn't be who God called me to be. Like I, I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't be myself. Mm. And so now the only person that I trust with my spiritual walk is my father, which he's always been a yeah. constant because my father is a minister. So you're lucky. You, your spiritual father is your, also your biological. Father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. So he's the only one that I trust is along with my uncle, who's a bishop as well. But Mm -hmm. those two are the only two that I would trust now with my gifts Mm -hmm. and them teaching me how to operate in them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know if that would change once I perhaps may go back to church if I go. (laughs) But, you know, how how big of a a part does y'all's spirituality, not religion spirituality play with your critical thinking and your discernment your spirit how does that how do you let that manifest in the the earthly plane mm. we're getting deep i, I know, know. <laughs> i wasn't ready for that i wasn't ready i wasn't <laughs> i'm like oh i gotta really sit here and think about myself real quick i know well i i think for me i've been working on this discernment walk for some time because of my spiritual gifts, I have to be discerned. I have Mm -hmm. to operate in my discernment. And what I mean by gifts is like the spiritual gifts of of the Bible from the Bible. Um, And so I have been on this journey of learning how to discern what's for me and what's not based Mm -hmm. on what God wants me to have. So I've, I think I've always operated in that capacity, but it, it, one part of my life, it was very strict, black or white, very surface level. Mm-hmm. Now it's more of a spiritual, like, okay, God, I'm, I'm wanting to connect with you. Mm-hmm. Like I want to understand you. Yeah. There. Yeah. I think for me, um, I'm not necessarily the, I'm definitely not religious mm-hmm. by any stretch. Um, but for spirituality, I'm very much a, um, you guys know I've said this before. I'm into mm-hmm. quantum mm-hmm. mechanics and quantum yeah. physics mm-hmm. and things and like that. All go together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm very much into, you know, uh, I'm trying not to make myself sound like a a kook out here, <laughs> but I'm very much into the universe and how the laws of physics, um, and the energy and the and energies of you know magnetism and gravity and how all of these things play and Mm -hmm. work on us on a physical and electrical level Mm -hmm. and that doesn't sound kooky i'm I'm, I'm being very particular on how (laughs) on how i describe these things Mm -hmm. um so this is something that is very important to me. I learn a lot about the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, I I watch and um, read a lot of things about mm-hmm. planets and stars. And I mean, you are science yeah. baby. Yes. You know? but is that an Aries thing? Because my fiance watches stuff like that. It could be. I hmm. mean, I don't know. I'm not necessarily an astrology, astrology. Per, yeah. you know, person. But I mean, I, I can't say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But, you know, I really love that type of information. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, how that has helped me in being discerning is it has helped me learn how um, my energy radiates 
and affects the people around me. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, that, you know, with a glance, with a look, with a head nod or, mm-hmm. you know, how what my face is doing, what my body is doing, you know, my energy and what I'm putting out, you know, other people will suck that up Mm -hmm. and it will affect them. So I Mm -hmm. think learning more about how those things in the, in a bigger macro scale, Mm -hmm. how those things affect one another, Mm -hmm. you know, how a larger planet will grab and hold a smaller one because Mm -hmm. of the energy that this larger planet you know, like Pluto, like Pluto (laughs) or like our sun, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the magnitude of the sun and the amount of, um, you know, gravity that this thing Mm -hmm. holds, it is able to hold all of these other planets in line, Mm -hmm. you know? So just thinking about us as individuals with my energy, my magnetism and my abilities, you know, Mm -hmm. how I affect the world around me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Side note, did y'all know science nerd that, we traveling through space. Yes, it's expanding even how they faster. Gonna, how they gonna lie to us all these years? <laughs> talking about we've been sitting in one space, one traveling uh-huh, around, around the sun, the, yeah. and we traveling through. through. I yeah. said, yeah. This this is why. Yeah, it's you so got funny. to research yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. This is why you have to use critical <laughs> thinking skills. It exactly. is. I wish we had video because I would show y'all how we're traveling. <laughs> so we're the it's it's like all, it's like, all like we're we're going like this. <laughs> Just it's swirling so cool. and moving yep. at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and, and not in circular shape, in elliptical shape as well. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Lots of stuff. I would probably say for me, um, the way spirituality has affect discernment is I have had to be okay with trusting my gut. Um, because I am a person that always want to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. So all the clients, not the interns, all the clients that's watching, this is why I be on y'all about giving the benefit of the doubt. Your spirit, your soul will tell you everything you need to know if you will listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because we live in a society that doesn't really do that, we live in a society that's very religious but not very tied to spirit at all. And so we're not connected to the source anymore. And so it makes it very difficult for us to be able to discern And that's why it kind of gets into that very just logical and, well, this is what this does. And this is what, instead of it being discernment. Mm -hmm. So kind of like what we were talking about when you have happy, but the ultimate level of happiness is actually bliss. So discernment is bliss. So for me personally, that's kind of what I've had to embrace and realize that um, sometimes things are going to happen that I may have saw coming or understood that this was about to happen because the way my brain works um, and then just be okay with everything falling apart. Hmm. And that's, that's scary to see it happen, especially when it involves your loved ones Mm -hmm. and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It's like, if you would have just did, okay, this day life, this not my life, this Mm -hmm. day life. Let me, let me fall back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, this was a good one, guys. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, it's uh, applicable, life applicable. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. While I think all of our sessions are relevant and yeah. necessary, you know, this one is one that you you deal with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you have to practice this every day. Mm-hmm. You it really do. easy. Sometimes no, I just no. go lay in the bed. I'm not going to do this today. <laughs> <laughs> So as is customary, we always leave you all with a quote. And today's quote is, 
by JFK, John F. Kennedy. Too often, we enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought. Must be his volume control. So, okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at The Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.